Hello, and welcome to Grim and Whim, unnerving tales to haunt, mystify, and spark curiosity. Let's be curious together. Welcome back to the All-American Haunted Road Trip, Part 5. The Midwest covers a lot of states, so I've covered about 10 of those Midwestern states already, and now we are left with these final five. And like the last Haunted Road Trip, I put the remaining Midwest states in alphabetical order, and we'll be pretending that it makes sense travel-wise. And with that, let's get started. First, we have the Michigan Bell Telephone Building in Grand Rapids, Michigan, a building that stands on top of a 1910 crime scene. The story goes that Warren Randall, a railway worker who'd lost his leg in a terrible, tragic railway accident, then murdered his own wife in a fit of marital jealousy. Then, he slit his own throat with a razor blade to escape going to jail for his crime. When they first moved into the home in 1907, the couple seemed to be an idyllic young couple with the future ahead of them, but not everything was as it seems. By 1908, Randall began to become increasingly paranoid following his accident working on the train. We don't know if Virginia really was cheating on Randall, but whether she did or not, Randall felt like she was, and this paranoia about, about her leaving him for another man, a man that hadn't been injured and could provide for them, it really began to eat away at Randall. And before long, he eventually killed her and then killed himself in a murder-suicide. Complaints from neighbors about a terrible odor coming from the home led the authorities to discovering their bodies. Later on, the Michigan Bell Telephone Company purchased the property and erected the current building that you can see today in 1924. In 2013, the building was turned into public housing and support facilities for the local homeless population. But this remodeling hasn't removed the spirits from the building. Strange sounds and happenings have been reported over the years, including that of the apparition of Virginia, the murdered wife, begging not to be killed. Next, we have my home state, Missouri. On this podcast, I've discussed the Lemp Mansion in St. Louis, Missouri, so I won't be going over that haunted site, although I definitely recommend you visit it because it's not only haunting, but it's very beautiful and it has a very rich history dating back um, even before Prohibition time. So um, very interesting place to visit, but I wanted to do some research on a haunted home or haunted site in Missouri that I hadn't heard of. And I came across a very interesting place in Kearney, Missouri. I think it's Kearney, either Kearney or Kearney, Missouri. 
It's about four hours away from where I live in St. Louis. And in Kearney or Kearney, Missouri, you can actually visit the home of Jesse James. That's right. Jesse James, the famous outlaw. You can visit Jesse James's family farm, which was the scene of much heartache, tragedy, action, and violence. According to historical records, these are some of the unfortunate events that occurred on the grounds, and these are just the ones that were recorded. There could have certainly been a lot more, but these are some of the events that we are aware of. So first, um, Jesse James was beaten and almost hung by Union soldiers while he was searching for his brother Frank during the Civil War. Frank and Jesse's half-brother, whose name I wasn't able to find, um, he was just referred to as the half-brother, um, he was actually killed on the farm by a bomb that was thrown by guards who were actually searching for Jesse James and Frank. Jesse was actually buried on the farm following his death, and his mother would charge visitors to come visit the grave and take like pebbles from like around the area as some kind of souvenir. Um, it's kind of a very weird thing to do, I think. I can't imagine you know, a mother who would lose their son and then make, you know, his grave kind of like an attraction and make money off of it. It seems very weird. But I think that the entire James's family is not exactly on it when it comes to what's normal. <laughs> and um, visitors nowadays can actually attend public tours and learn the history about the farm and the family. And while you're doing the tour, you could possibly come across the spirit of one of the James family members. Around the farm, visitors have reported hearing horse hooves with no horses nearby, gunshots, disembodied voices, and whispers coming from seemingly nowhere. On the Jesse James home website, I found information about an event called Jesse James Old West Revolver and Rifle Shoots 2023, which is quite the name for an event, but these events are only about $30 or so to participate in, and it's not my cup of tea mainly because guns really are not my thing. I don't really want to spend any time around guns. Um, although the history behind, you know, the guns and, and the violence and, you know, the James family, that part is interesting to me. But the actual guns part, I don't really want to be around guns. But um, I do know a lot of history buffs and gun enthusiasts would probably get a kick out of an event like this. So I thought I would mention it. Nebraska is a state that many associate with vast prairies and spacious farmlands, but it is also the home to one of the most haunted cemeteries in America. In the city of Springfield, Nebraska, 
there is a notorious cemetery called Ball Cemetery. And cemeteries are already quite grim and creepy places for most people. Although I personally find cemeteries quite peaceful. There's actually um, a really beautiful cemetery fairly close to where I live. Um, and it is a Jewish cemetery. Um, so I believe you have to be of Jewish faith to um, be buried um, in the cemetery. But it's it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous cemetery. I go there, you know, I've been there during the day um, just because I don't think it'd be very respectful to go at night. But this cemetery seems like it really kicks up the creep factor to 10. The Ball Cemetery initially was a simple family cemetery, but it grew to house more than just the family members. Among those buried in the cemetery is William Lydiard, and his nickname was Rattlesnake Pete. And Rattlesnake Pete was described in 1938 and 1939 as one of the most colorful characters of the Old West. And this was in newspaper articles posting this. He apparently had a very fast draw and a bicycle handlebar mustache, both of which he was very proud of. And one of the most common reports from the visitors of the cemetery is that of an apparition of a tall man who has been known to attack those visiting after dark. And some believe that it could possibly be this rattlesnake Pete character. There is also said to be a female spirit who laughs uncontrollably and likes to tug on people's clothing. And if you choose to bring a camera and photograph your experience, check the pictures afterwards because it is very common for strange anomalies to appear in the photographs. Next, we have the state of Ohio. And if I'm honest, I can't really think about Ohio without thinking about the Ohio memes. And now I can replace those memes with a completely different association when I think of Ohio. Um, now I will always associate Ohio with this very creepy hotel that I learned about. In Granville, Ohio, the Buxton Inn has built quite the paranormal reputation with the community and visitors. Built in 1812, the building has had several former owners who died mysteriously and stuck around to haunt the grounds. The original owners were Oren Granger and Major Horton Buxton, which I'm assuming that the Major Horton Buxton was the namesake of this inn. And they have both been seen in the property by guests and by staff. And according to the staff, rooms seven and nine are the most active spots for paranormal activity in the hotel. In room nine, Bonnie Bonnell, a former innkeeper, 
is said to manifest as the lady in blue, while in room seven, a darker, more shadowy entity is waiting. Apparently, room seven has made guests and even staff feel so uncomfortable that they up and left during their stay because they couldn't handle sleeping in the room with this entity. Many people will request room seven, knowing the history and are looking for a paranormal experience. However, I wonder how many of the guests that fled in the middle of the night had no idea what they were getting into and didn't know the history of the hotel. The entity that has really freaked out and kind of run this hotel has also been spotted in the basement and it dwells in that basement and basements are creepy enough as it is, especially older buildings, you know, um, buildings that are older and have like unfinished basements. Um, it's creepy enough as it is without some entity um, with this evil energy dwelling in the basement. So I'm sure staff do not look forward to having to go like fetch things downstairs or knowing that this entity could possibly be down there to torment them. Other reports from the guests include sightings of a ghost cat and random just phantom footsteps that kind of seem like they're coming from nowhere, as well as doors opening and closing, and then someone calling their name when they're completely alone. Despite the hauntings, the Buxton Inn continues to attract people looking for a unique lodging experience and perhaps are booking a stay because they're looking forward to a paranormal experience as well. And it seems like from the reports of guests and staff, that's definitely what you're in for if you choose to stay at this inn. Our final stop is the state of Wisconsin. And don't worry, I won't be suggesting any sites that have to do with Jeffrey Dahmer. His story is honestly quite overexposed, and I personally don't want to give him any more attention or time. So let's instead look at an infamous bridge with a very creepy name and a even more unnerving backstory. On the Highway 66 bridge over the Plover River in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, there is a bridge called the Bloody Bride Bridge, and it came by that name honestly. The lore says that a bride was killed in a car accident on this bridge on her wedding night. While officially, the Stevens Point Police Department has no record of such an accident, that hasn't stopped the legends in this town, and it also hasn't stopped the ghost of a woman in a bloody wedding dress from making appearances. The locals say that the story tells of a police officer who thought he hit a woman with his car, but saw no one when he got out. However, the police department also denies this incident. 
Most people in the town say that the ghostly bride will allegedly stand on the bridge and she also loves to appear in the back seats of cars. She might talk to the driver or she might try to hitch a ride and then suddenly disappear, just vanish right before the driver's eyes. Some drivers have no contact with her, but they do see her standing solemnly on the bridge in her bloody wedding dress. It reminds me of a storyline in one of the early seasons of the show Supernatural. I feel like it was season one or two, but honestly, it's been a while since I've rewatched the show, so I'm not 100% sure, but I do remember a storyline um, that is very similar, and I wonder if it was actually based off of this bridge in Wisconsin. And whether the ghostly bride is real or not, the legend persists, and you can't help but feel a chill up your spine when driving across this bridge. It could be worth a detour if you are looking for a haunting experience. And the locals definitely recommend driving the bridge at night, because apparently at night, that's where the most paranormal activity happens, and that's where the most sightings of the bride have occurred, which makes sense to me. I feel like nighttime would make the most sense. Perhaps even going during like the witching hour would be a good time to go to really guarantee that you might come across this ghostly presence. Thank you so much for joining me. It's goodbye for now, but I hope to haunt you again soon.